Hey, it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. And I'm Dr. Lisa. How you, how you doing, guys? Yeah, you know what? That asshole's leaving the White House. Yay! No matter, no matter what, we're getting, you know, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, folks. It's happening all at once. The asshole's leaving the White House, and we got the vaccine. We just got to get through this, and everything's going to be great. I can go back to doing my, uh, my uh, radio station, radio show in the radio studio, and see all my friends at RFB again, and I'm going to be so happy the day that happens. But in the meantime... Speaking of RFB, Radio Free Brooklyn, it, we are the greatest station in the Western Hemisphere. And if you haven't checked, you should, because I, I know for sure that we are. I've checked all of them. Uh, and, um, you know, this is, uh, you know what? So we have a way for you to, like, get present, get stuff, great stuff, and also uh donate money to us and so especially at christmas time so go to radiofreebrooklyn.org and check out our merch where we have really cool merch i actually designed one of the five-year anniversary uh t-shirts myself and so did uh the the uh the um manager of the clash okay okay so check it out uh anyway um I need to tell you about um, our, our city running tours. But before we do, I'm just going to let you know. Stick around because we have this really awesome woman, Jeanette Sarami, on today. And she's joining us from L.A. And she is uh, all in on doing a real therapy session. And uh, she's a improv teacher, uh, improv expert, musical theater. She does, she's a very, very talented uh, 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 person. And uh, so stick around. Okay, on air, okay, city running tours. I got to tell you about this. So this is such a great thing. It They do tours. So you like to run, right? And you want to see New York. They have tours in five boroughs. So what you do is you sign up for these tours and you go with a whole bunch of people and you run. It sounds horrible to me running around with a group of people. I'm such an introvert and I hate running. But anyway, uh, so but what you should do is do it because a lot of people love this shit. They love it. And I, I think it's a great idea and people love it. I shouldn't be talking like this. We're going to lose this. This. No, no. Anyway, just go to cityrunningtours.com. Just like it, you know, spell it out. You can look that up. Cityrunningtours.com. And you can see the schedule and all the great things they do. And it is really healthy. And you've been sitting on your ass in this uh, in this pandemic quarantine. And you should get out there. It will, I guarantee you, it will help your mental health. One more thing. Speaking of mental health. If you're in New York and you've got any kind of mental health issue, and I don't care what your orientation is, sexually, physically, whatever, abled, non-abled, uh, there is a service, a free service, and not enough people know about it. It's called 888-NYC-WELL. Call them, 888-NYC-WELL. And if you don't feel like making the call and you're like, you're like, oh, well, maybe I could text because I don't necessarily want to speak with a person. You can just text well 
you know how to spell that, 6526517. Okay, and just hang in there, okay? We're going to make it. We're going to be fine. Hello, Jeanette. Thank you so much for being on today. Hello, Dr. Lisa. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so this is like, um, I'm not sure if I've done a, uh, a bi-coastal, you know, because usually I do it in the studio. This is a bi-coastal uh, Zoom. Uh, Zoom uh, cleanfeed.net uh, recording, even though we are looking at each other. So thanks a lot for being on. I just want to give people a little idea about your background. Why don't, why don't, I know you have a couple, I know you have a website and stuff. Why don't you tell us about like your professional background? Sure. Um, well, I am, um, I'm a comedian. Uh, my my preferred medium is uh, sketch, improv, um, and stage is really my comfort zone. However, uh, most recently in quarantine, um, I have broken into uh, podcasting. And so I have a, a first season of a podcast out called Despot, D-E-S-P-O-T, uh, wherein uh, my buddy and I ask a different person every week, uh, if you were a dictator for a day, what would you do? I love um, it. So it's been, yeah, <laughs> it's so really, good. <laughs> um, I, also, we're smoking weed the whole time. Oh, play oh. On, play on words. Okay. Pop. I like that. Um, and so, yeah, it's a really, um, it's a really interesting insight into just, you know, I mean, we uh, as people are more alike than we are different and hearing what's important to people and what their priorities would be. Uh, their first day in office, if they had all the power in the world, um, what they would do is really insightful. And uh, we learn a lot about just different um, ways that people are doing uh, their civil duty, you know, uh, mm -hmm. in this country, uh, volunteering, um, voting, how to advocate for yourself and your community and talking to your representatives on every level from the city state county mm -hmm. all of it so, so what kind of what kind of things like do people say the first thing they're going to do is legalize weed and make it free or uh, maybe that's know, what i really, want to do it's really interesting because um our first episode was uh film was recorded before the um shutdown before mm -hmm. covid but mm -hmm. um most everybody after the first episode um, wants to take money away from the military and put it into uh, public service uh, needs like schools and hospitals and stuff. Oh, wow. I mean, that was like the first thing most people wow. said. Wow. Really I thought you were going to say free health care. But anyway, back to you, Jeanette. This yeah. is this is about <laughs> you. Um, so I understand you've been in you've been in therapy before, right? Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. And and like you know, you listeners know I'm a self-proclaimed therapist, but I have like 20 years of experience. Okay, but I have no formal training. So just just so you know, all right, uh, don't take any uh, take. Let's just see what happens. I've done this before. <laughs> so, um, Jeanette, what what brings you in in today? What do you, what's been on your mind? Sure. Um, so I, you know, live with generalized anxiety and um, the pandemic is perfect, um, is a perfect ingredient for that um, mm -hmm. to kind of um, 
get that roaring and ready to go. So, um, yeah, I mean, life has changed, you know, for everyone and my husband and I are no different. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we're going through like a pretty big transition right now where we moved to LA two and a half years ago and it just doesn't make sense for us to be here. So we are, um, shifting our lives and our mindsets and we are going to move back to where I'm from in New Mexico in a couple of months when our lease is up. Whoa, that's a huge life <laughs> change. How can you not yeah. be anxious? Yeah. Um, but I want to ask you one question first before, uh, just so I know. So you said you know, you have generalized anxiety disorder. I have the DSM here, by the way, folks. I do, a real one. So uh, I'll look it up later. But anyway, the thing is, is that something that that you've had before? Is that something that you've had your whole life that you take medication for? Is it, I'm wondering how, bio, how much biology that is and how much, you know, nature versus nurture. Tell, tell me what you're what your opinion is on that um i definitely think that uh i definitely think that i got it from both of my parents my mom my mom was diagnosed bipolar but she was diagnosed bipolar when it was like hip and cool Mm -hmm. to diagnose Mm -hmm. middle-aged women with bipolar do you think Um, she's bipolar i do not okay um but she definitely suffers from depression okay um and my father um my father has never been to a doctor for it or been diagnosed for it but um without a doubt my dad's side of the family gave me my anxiety without a doubt in my mind so a lot of it you think is just like partly by or like there's a i mean it's nature versus nurture but you just by nature are anxious you think you were you were anxious as a child too right I mean, I had a lot of energy as a child. I remember, um, I remember uh, what I now think is a um, like an emotional cycle. I think when you're at the peak of your emotional cycle and you're mm-hmm. like you have really like positive energy and you're mm-hmm. feeling really good, um, I can like note those like moments in my life. Um, mm-hmm. But they were also fueled by anxiety. So <clears throat> I would get like really down. <clears throat> I would get really down, and um, I didn't really, I didn't really feel like I had. Um, I didn't feel like I could pinpoint. Oh, I'm, I have depression until mm-hmm. I was in my um, late twenties. Mm-hmm. But the anxiety. I mean, I just had this. I mean, it felt it felt like mania. I don't think I'm bipolar. No, I, I get it. I get it. I, yeah, I think I get what you're this, saying. It felt yeah, phys- it, it was, has a physical thing, uh, a physical yeah. element to it. Um, have you ever take? Do you take medication for it? Have you ever taken I don't medication? Take medication? Have you ever? Yeah. Have you ever? Um, yeah. Before I got married, so I got married in 2017, um, mm-hmm. and the eight months before that as it is for most people who go through like a traditional wedding is very stressful. Um, and yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, 
it's a stupid amount of stress. My 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 hu- my husband was the was the bride in in our wedding. I did not. Never mind. But n- you know. Oh, okay. And yours was too. Yeah. Because who wants yeah. to bother with that bullshit? I know. So anyway, uh, but that was a big anxiety. So so. Okay, I want to ask you one more thing, and then we're going to get to the psychological part. But um, when you were, are you athletic? No. Okay, so do you do do physical activity of any sort? I do. I would say I'm like um, moderately active. I mean, my husband and I go on walks. I Mm -hmm. like to do like exercise Mm -hmm. routines Mm -hmm. a couple times a week. Because that can, if you, I believe for what it's worth that if uh that it's a good way to deal deal with anxiety especially if it has sort of a biological cause is like physical exercise is a good way to get it out but it's not a cure-all and you are the people who are really inactive and really anxious are people that need to get out and go for a walk and i'm talking to you guys in your fucking basement quarantine okay get out there and fucking get some fresh air yeah. Okay, so we did that. Um, so what you're presenting with is an extremely anxiety-ridden, uh, riddled, ridden uh, future. I mean, for anybody, no matter how confident, happy, thrilled you are to be moving and all that. So where where does the anxiety what what where are you ideating it most uh, strongly where's it where's it focusing your anxiety um <laughs> well uh even though you know it's the holidays we're in pandemic and um we're mo- making a big move to another state honestly my biggest anxiety about all of it is that I'm a failure as a performer and a comedian because uh, I'm leaving Los Angeles. Oh, yeah, I, right, right. What about that? Yeah, and I didn't make the best of my time here. Oh. Uh, you can't see, listeners, but I'm rolling my eyes at myself. Oh, day. yeah. I know, I know in saying it that it's like, it's so absurd and I've, you know, but it, it is. It's the thing that... Um, it's the theme, thing that consumes me. It's not uncommon for artists to just constantly be questioning, like, if they're doing enough or what they're doing with their lives. So well, I'm you know, I mean, uh, first of all, that's the first thing that kind of I would think of if I was, I mean, I think about what a failure I am all the time in different <laughs> ways. But if I was in your situation, that's probably... Uh, the first thing that would come to my mind as well, frankly. So yeah. if you feel like um, you are like I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm hearing a little bit of uh, shame in this or embarrassment. Yeah. And man, no, I would own that, own it, own that, own that because. Any artist would feel that way. Uh, you are an artist in your soul, creative person, right? Yeah. That ain't going anywhere, so we know that. Yeah. Um, 
what how did you come to the decision that you wanted to move like you and your husband how did you guys how did you guys get there like you've this that you've been dealing with this for a while as far as i would guess about you know your feelings about your career and stuff like that so how did you get there yeah so um we moved to LA in 2018 uh, we got on the road a year after, exactly a year after we got married on our one year anniversary. And besides um, the obvious of it being like the entertainment capital, there were a lot of other benefits of being here. Um, I have in-laws in the state. Uh, mm-hmm. My family is all in New Mexico, so that's really close. Uh, the weather's amazing. We moved here from Chicago and uh, the weather was like, a no-brainer as a reason to move. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, you know, those were the positives on top of the fact that uh, I could do comedy and my husband could do what he does. He does technical theater and he currently um, works in corporate technical theater Mm -hmm. where he sets up um, conferences Mm -hmm. for big companies. And so, yeah, so that's what brought us out here. Um, I have a day job, and um, my day job was uh, suspended in March, and Mm -hmm. then it came back um, Mm -hmm. at the end of April, but his job um, came back or stayed um, with a reduced pay, and, um, you know, we we both have to work from home, and so we need a lot of space to work from home, and, like, L.A., you know, as opposed to Chicago... Or New York, for example, the apartments are bigger, but I mean, for two people to live and work in a space, we need, we need a decent amount of space and it just, it's not affordable in the city. So I'm hearing, I'm hearing that you, this is what you're, I'm asking you this question and I'm not making any judgment here. I'm just trying to think this through with you, frankly is that I'm asking this question and what I'm getting is logistical, a resp- you're talking about logistics and space, which are, are very legitimate. But um, what I guess I'm also wondering about is your commitment to your career. And I'm not, I am like, you know, I am not, I am not, I am not making any judgment about that whatsoever. And, and I mean, I, I don't know how, you know, entertainment guys, I mean, so there's a few things that I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about, forget about it as a, okay, you're a performer, a comedian, a, a whatever, improv person, a teacher, an instructor of improv. So that's your work. Forget the, about career. You need to do that, do you? To, yeah, I mean, to, I to be happy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So, if you separate that out from whether you made it in, you know, onto TV in LA or not. Yeah. Uh, how are you feeling about that part? Do you feel like you're going to be able to do that? in New Mexico. Have you thought about, you have thought about that. I'm going to say you have, what's your thinking about continuing your own work? Yeah. I mean, 
that's pretty much um, pandemic is the reason that we're thinking to move and pandemic is also the reason that um, I feel the most comfortable I guess I'm going to feel about the move is that the two things I'm most proud of that I've done since being in LA have happened in quarantine. Um, my, you know, my whole first season of my podcast was produced, um, in quarantine and I self-produced a music video that I wrote, um, a rap song for. Tell, yeah, what's the name of it? Yeah. It's on your website, right? Yeah. No. So my, my website is just my name.com, JeanetteGrammy.com. And, uh, it's also on YouTube, my YouTube channel, um, it's called Living Notoriously. Okay, we're going to post that. I'm going to post that, folks. It'll be up and you can look at it so we can see that. Great, thank you. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, so those are the two things I've done since being in L.A. that were not just, like, advancing my education in, like, sketch and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And so, so um, and I did that in quarantine. And so, I mean, that won't change when I get to New Mexico. Mm -hmm. if, if anything, I'll have more space. I'll be able to build out more of a studio um, so there's a certain kind of confidence there I'm hearing. There's a certain kind of confidence and self-reliance that maybe uh, in order to make it, you don't need to be here. And you, you may be in a certain way. I, I kind of feel like this in my own work, uh, that you can focus actually more being, a, being away from all the distractions mm -hmm. of what L.A. is and that yeah. you may actually be more productive. Are you thinking that? Yeah, I mean, the cost of living is so much less that mm -hmm. there's even um, the the idea of us working at lower, you know, rates or maybe like me going down to part time. Um, the cost of living is so vastly cheaper that it would be very possible for me to have a part-time job more more art time. more art less less day job more art less yeah. day job okay that makes that's that's great uh what about uh your husband i'm wondering about the negotiation like and like you're you're presenting a real united front and and i'm glad <laughs> to see that and i'm sure you guys have really worked this through but I'm wondering, like, whose idea it was, how you came to the decision together. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, the idea, so my husband's background is in production management, which, uh, in theater, which if people aren't familiar with that, um, that's the person that basically glues the whole um, production together so they are the person who makes sure there's enough money that all of the designers are working together um, and I say this because he is um, he's very pragmatic in finances in our in our life as well mm -hmm. so um, he takes care of all the the bills and the budget do you have a budget that you live yes, on we do have a budget so you so mm -hmm. he really like he he is he like kind of like the guy in charge of the money Absolutely. Well, I mean, which, yes and no. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, yeah. I'm sure like he's, I mean, you know, you're, you're an evolved woman. I'm not saying like, you know, you have to ask him for like five bucks, but, yeah, but, but, but like, it, it's like, he's good at that. And you, 
he so you kind of like are great that's your job figure out the money yeah, you're um, talented at that i trust you you know i have food on the table every night uh i was able yeah. to buy a new pair of shoes when i wanted it everything's fine uh you're in charge of the money is it like that yeah, yeah pretty much i mean um, mm-hmm. if he wants to buy, like, if he wants to make a big purchase or I want to make a big purchase, we're like, Hey, I want to do this. And he like looks at the budget and he's like, great, go do it kind mm-hmm. of thing. And so mm-hmm. that's great. Um, you have trust there. That's awesome. Yeah. Were I mean, you good been... at, when you were single, were you good at managing your own money? No, I was terrible at it. Oh, uh, so you don't have confidence in managing your own money. No, I mean, I, I never had a lot of money to manage. And so <laughs> this is the first time I've been, um, this is the first time in my life, probably the last two years since we've been here, that I've had um, actual money to manage. You know what I mean? And yeah. So- you know, I'm going to say something. Um, I noticed that when I asked you if you're good at managing money, and there's no value judgment in managing money well, believe you me, poorly or well or whatever, Uh that is, that's completely different between being generous and, you know, being like somebody who doesn't want to give anybody anything that cheap or whatever. This is not a value judgment whatsoever. Uh, but you laughed, you laughed at yourself. And I'm wondering if behind, no. And I'm wondering behind that, if there's a little, uh, there's a little embarrassment there. You're not confident about your ability to manage money, which is totally fine. And luckily you are with somebody, you recognize the importance of it and you have somebody you trust. Yeah. So you've, you've, co- you've compensated for that very nicely. <laughs> yeah, I did. But I'm wondering if it fucks with your self-esteem. Yeah. Do what do you think? Um, Are you cool with it now? Like you figured it out and you're not worried about it. It doesn't bother you anymore. Yeah, I mean I I've always been really frugal. So like you're saying, like, um I'm I've been really frugal with my money because it was like a byproduct of not being good with my finances. So I never was at a point um I was unemployed like right after college for mm-hmm. six months. Sure. And so um, I kind of liken that to people who grew up in the depression. Like my first, my first um, foray into like being in charge of my own money, I had none of it, and so that has kind of like left me with this um, residual frugality. Oh, oh, um, okay. So you're too, fr- you're too self, you're masochistic, too self-denying. Okay, that's different. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. it's actually because that's really being hard on yourself too. Okay. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> okay. Okay. There's a lot of food banks now too. But that's not funny at all. Uh. Uh. Okay. So how? So you? Okay. I want to get back to how you and your husband. Who? You know how the decision got made and. Because uh, yeah. you, you, you're the one who's actually. Uh, has a creative career that's more affected by the move. Right. So. Yeah. yeah, So in looking at our finances and like, you know, kind of forecasting like, okay, if our jobs stay where they are or if they continue to get reduced, which, you know, in like September, we were kind of get both given the, um, Mm -hmm. the, 
expectation to not expect our jobs to last very long. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with that in mind, uh, we started looking at cheaper places in the city to live. Because mm-hmm. uh, we have a very uh, nice, big apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's you know, it's just not tenable. So you looked it's around the and then you... No, but okay, so... Here's the thing. We're going back to the logistics of it, which yeah. is which which is fine, but that's that's not about you. I'm trying to figure out like right. your so this feelings. Is where, this is where the decision oh, okay. started. That's what I'm trying to get. At. Okay. Yeah, so like my husband, because he's the logistics person, he's the pragmatic person, so he's looking at the logistics of that stuff. So then we're looking at um, okay, like so, what can we afford um, and still live in the city? And we like look at this map and we're like, zoom out, zoom out, zoom out. And you're continuing to zoom out um, in this city that is so vast and so expensive um, that we were like, okay, well, we'd be comfortable in a place that looks like this. Well, where is this place? Oh, it's two hours outside the city. And so it's like, do we want to be two hours outside the city and still have access to the city? Um, and so we basically, my husband presented a couple of like options that he was Mm -hmm. like, if we move, I'd be down to move to this part of, Mm -hmm. you know, the outskirts Mm -hmm. or this Mm -hmm. part. And he was like, but I want it to be your decision to make that call. He's like, if you don't want to leave like LA, then we will find a smaller place in the city. He's like, but these are the places that if we want to keep our space, on our budget, like this is where what we're a guy, go. what a <laughs> guy! Wow, oh man, this is yeah, way. I mean, he's... this is way too healthy for any therapy session. <laughs> he sounds. I mean, he sounds like creative. a. Yeah. So he's. So am I hearing like he's he puts your creative work front and center in your relationship yeah i mean he's creative adjacent in his job and so he totally he's been very supportive and appreciative of the fact he's wow like, I don't, you know this is probably a hard decision for you wow he can live anywhere so he he ultimately you know guys that's a re- this is really <laughs> evolved this is a really evolved couple i'm not my 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 marriage isn't this good or this this healthy in this way so if you've got it if you get to this point you don't need to talk to me about anything you've got no but um you know no i mean uh, that that is speaks to you know your um you know, whatever you guys, you 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 know, you didn't fall for some idiot, and uh, um, so it sounds like the relationship aspect uh, is he he's not talking to you in anything. No, that's not a problem. If anything, he's supportive. Okay, this is great news. This is great news. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you, your personal feelings of failure, and and they are, yeah. they are. So what? Where? Where? Where are those coming from? I mean, you don't. Do you feel like this is it? That, that you're moving? You don't. I don't get the feeling you do. Do you feel like? I mean, I'm I'm warming up to that not being what I feel like. Um, it's taken me. A couple months to like get used to the idea that we're you know gonna be leaving um i've talked to a therapist about it 
So I still. Um, How much did that cost you? Tell them. No, don't. it's okay. So, um, so, yeah. so, um, but like, what about the feelings of failure? What about feeling that you didn't use your time well? Things like you said that. Like, what's yeah. what's going on there? So the um, well, you know, we moved here two and a half years ago. Um, so a almost a year of when we move, a year of our two and a half years will have been in quarantine. Um, oh wow! And so it just, yeah, it just feels like um, I may, you know, with my anxiety comes a lot of. Um, planning. I mean, I, I, you know, I feel like mo more I can control and plan for the like better I'll feel going into any situation because my anxiety is mm -hmm. so bad regardless. And so this is just that it's a, it's a thing of, you know, I was kind of given two crappy options and I have to pick the most desirable of two options, which mm -hmm. is stay in LA and not um, really be able to get things going. Because I'm, you know, I've only been here two and a half years. I'm not established. So no, you've been here, here a year a year and a half, really. Yeah, well, like exactly. A year. Exactly. Year and a and half. So, and so staying here and waiting for things to open up and becoming a part of um, the community and networking and stuff, it's just... Um, it's not as appealing as the alternative right now, which is having a backyard, <laughs> which mm -hmm. is like something that I mm -hmm. never thought I wanted or cared about. Mm -hmm. But, you know, quarantine opens your eyes to mm -hmm. what you're like interested in when you have to stay mm -hmm. home all the time, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. so. what, 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 do you, what do you feel like I mean, I'm wondering if you're, what do you feel like um, you didn't do with your time here? Like, it, it, I mean, I, I'm not, it's not coming from me. It sounds like you've been very active and involved and you're hardworking yeah. and all that. But so what do you feel like you didn't, you, I'm getting, it sounded like you were saying that there were things that maybe you didn't try hard enough at or. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know the drill. I mean, oh, the, I do. <laughs> it's just there's like a hundred different ways to skin the cat, and mm -hmm. every time you choose a tool, mm -hmm. you're halfway through using that tool, and you're like, should I have been doing this with a different tool? Right. The whole time, like, if I right. just spent, if I just spent two years using this, um, like, blade when I should have been using like. Right. I'm doing improv and I should have been doing musical theater. Or yeah, I, sh like I'm I should have been hosting, uh, you know, I should have been dressing in an outfit hosting this thing or. Yeah, like I'm, I'm getting, I'm trying to get like my mm -hmm. back, my, um, I did a lot of like, uh, I did this like filmmakers competition to get experience as a PA because, like, no matter what avenue mm -hmm. you take in, yeah. you know, the industry, being a PA is a good way to start. And um, But I was, you know, barely doing that because I was still holding down, like, a day job. 
and so I couldn't right. do it. Yeah, of course. Free PA work, right? Right, of so course. So like, should I, should I have been, you know, should I have been doing that more? Should I have not been taking these writing classes? And should I have been? Right, just, yeah. You don't know. so many. Well, you really, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, you didn't have a very long time to play that out and find out any of those right. answers. And maybe, you know, maybe, I don't know if you're interested or not. I mean, or maybe it doesn't matter, or maybe you'll find them out other ways. And But the thing is also, I'm wondering if your anxiety, like when you started talking about planning and stuff like that, like I'm wondering if your anxiety disorder, how that gets, is it, it, it probably, all our neuroses get in the way of our career. So, yeah. so how are you, okay, so. I think you have to compensate. You're not going to get rid of it. But how are you managing your anxiety as far as your career? How is it? Do you feel like it's hurting you? Talk about that. Yeah, I am. I have the um, like one of the like, I guess, symptoms or byproducts of it is that I have um, this erratic like task list that I um, have a hard time like focusing on one thing that needs to get done. Like I have six things I've like started and haven't finished mm -hmm. kind of thing. And mm -hmm. so, um, I, <laughs> uh, it's, I read the artist's way last year mm -hmm. and a big thing I took out of that was, um, just like kind of, uh, prioritizing things and like taking things one day at a time um, so I have like, I have a dry erase board that I'm looking at right now, um, that I just kind of like, uh, I put like some personal, uh, mantras on mm -hmm. just that kind of makes, uh, just reminds me that I'm not like a total failure, essentially <laughs> like reading those, um, out loud every once in a while is helpful. Um, it also has a checklist of like things I need to do, whether that's like in my creative sphere or like my day-to-day -day mm -hmm. sphere, um, having like a checklist and um, putting stuff on it that I can do at least one thing on a day um, is is really helpful to me because it, while I have all the like thousands of things I like sh should be doing or should I have done this better mm -hmm. 10 years ago, like that's anything that's helpful. But when all this stuff is like swirling around in my brain, it's... Um, centering to look at like mm -hmm. okay like these are like four things that are true about me it mm -hmm. is that something you started during the pandemic no i actually started um i did artist way with a group of friends last fall oh okay so, so these are techniques i know of the artist way i don't know much yeah. about it so this is uh techniques that they help that you learn that you learned through that book? Yeah, it, um, yeah, so I, I met two people out mm. here that I knew through me, that I found through mutual friends, um, that were also interested in doing it, and once a week we met and, like, talked about, um, remember when you could meet people? In <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> we would meet once a week and kind of talk about, um, you know, the reading and, um, yeah, it's um, it's an interesting book. Something again with my anxiety. There's a lot that you can get out of the book, 
And so sometimes it's like, oh, there's like so many tools it's giving you. Like if I don't use all of these tools, am I going to like fail the artist's way or something? But um, I don't feel like that after finishing it. Like when you're in it, you're like, oh, there's like so many things that it gives you mm-hmm. to both, um, you know, both. So it's a coping plan for you to deal yeah. with, with, I mean, it's a cognitive coping plan that is productive for you and your discipline. We got to give you credit. You're disciplined enough to make that work for you. Right. Yeah. I mean, yes. So, so <laughs> that's, I'll take credit. yeah. So yeah, you're a master at compensating. Jesus, you even married a compensator. Uh, yeah. Okay, so how about in your personal relationships? We all know that uh, any creative field or any fucking field has to do with, you know, all that bullshit of, I mean, hopefully you find people you like so you don't have to think of it as networking, but yeah. um, how does your anxiety get in the way of your social interactions that have to do with your career? Let's put it that way. How do you think, is it affected? You seem like a, I mean, guys, I haven't met this person. I haven't met this Jeanette person before, okay? This is, this is, you're seeing what I'm seeing. And she seems like a, I'd want, I mean, I would like to be your friend. I would totally, like, we would totally, you totally seem like somebody I'd hang out with. You're very, you know, personable and smart and right. stuff like that. So uh, as far as I can tell, I can't imagine any, you know, people not wanting to be your friend, but, or wanting you on their team, which yeah. is, but what's your, what's your sense of it? How do you, um, how do you manage uh, the social aspect of your career? Yeah. Um, Work. We're not calling I, it a career. Yeah, I definitely, um, I get that note a lot. It's not a note, but I get that a lot that I exude a lot of confidence and um, I'm very like honest in my presentation of myself and mm-hmm. on stage and off. Um, but I don't do well with the, I guess, politics of you the mean business. You, so you're not a suck up. Schmoozing. No, I'm not. I don't, and I don't, um, I don't understand I don't even know that people realize they're doing it, but there's so many people who, I mean, they, you can visibly see them turn off when they are talking to you and they realize like, oh, you're not going to get me anywhere. And I don't have that. And so because I know other people are kind of doing that, like dance when they're talking to me, that like stresses me out and gets me like overthinking, Mm -hmm. you know, like, oh, am I, um, For, unfortunately, um, you know, when interacting with other women, it's, uh, it's even worse than interacting with men because if you are seen as a quote unquote threat, you know, there's like so many reasons you can be seen as a threat. I'm not, um, what you would call like, I'm not like LA attractive or anything like that, you know, like I'm. A normal looking She's wearing person. a hoodie, no makeup. <laughs> yeah. I'm wearing no makeup, but I oh, but but I don't have a hoodie. Yeah, no, yeah, you look but like, I'm like a normal. Yeah, you look and, like you look like I'd feel like easy to feel comfortable around, no pretense. Yeah, but you know, but if I'm if I'm too loud, I'm very loud. I'm a you know Italian woman um, that comes from a New York family. You're not a so, submissive woman in any way. Yeah, and you know I'm. Uh, 
I am funny. I feel mm-hmm. confident saying that I'm funny. And so just depending on who you're around and like what their end game is, I I get caught in my head of like, oh, this person was engaging with me until I like said something that was really funny and the other people around laughed too much. And now I'm thinking like that they feel intimidated and does that like humor you know and does that go around in your head does that distract does that like take you that like takes you takes you down in the moment oh yeah i mean i can like i can keep myself up at night about a comment i made to somebody that i respected in like the comedy community five years ago you know what i mean just like oh, is this one thing I said the reason that, like, you you know, they didn't want to collaborate with you? Yeah, I I have this text painting that says uh, I wrote or made or whatever, and it says uh, whatever you're obsessing about, no one's thinking about that anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. I need that reminder up. Okay, so that's... That is... So that that is normal. That is common. Uh, enough to make it into a joke painting uh, yeah. that's relatable to a lot of people. Uh, so that's something that you know. I think you've got really good cognitive. You. What I'm wondering about is if in your being, if you know that that's like you don't need like you should be proud of the fact that you're funny and not like you should you should feel more confident not not less not concerned you should feel like uh, you know uh artists are you know artists are often uh there's a lot of really confident people in the creative fields and those people often do well just because they're so confident but their work is I think that doesn't necessarily mean their work is good but they do well because they're confident whereas you're really focused on the work so so I want to do I want to do a little evaluation of what I what I think before we get off um what I, what I think is going on here, and then you can react. We've got 15 minutes left. A few of those I have to say goodbye to use to end the show, but let's okay. let's take a shot at this, okay? <laughs> okay, so I'm going to say that I think you're probably from a pretty supportive family. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, that re- Where you were treated with respect. I'm right about yes. that. She's shaking her head. Yes. So that's a really good foundation. That's the most important thing that you have. That's the best. That's the best thing you have going. That's what you got. You got like a really good foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, you have some anxiety, which I think personally, for what it's worth, without any training, that has sort of a biological thing to it biological element in it a strong biological element which you have learned because you're smart and clever and you've learned how to figure out all these coping mechanisms cognitive coping mechanisms instead of just trying to you know figure out so you're not blaming yourself you're figuring out how to work with it and you can laugh at yourself for making 
uh, for fucking up, which is a beautiful thing. Guys, this is so great. This is a great example of how to cope with your own bullshit. This is great. <laughs> so you've managed all that really well. I'm also thinking that you have um, whatever that anxiety is also gives you a little bit. It also makes it hard for you to focus sometimes, which you are also coping with in a very planned, uh, disciplined, uh, focused way, really. So you're working your way around that. I'm also going to say that perhaps uh, being in L.A. and feeling that competition, which anyone would feel when everything is in full swing, that these people are doing this and these people are doing that, and the girls that you're competing with that are really pretty and uh, well-dressed and their mothers taught them from (laughs) age three how to put on makeup and all that shit. Your mom yeah. didn't do that, I'm guessing, right? Mine didn't. No. Okay. So they know all that shit. And they're they, they're going to win uh, when you're in the room with them. They're just going to. And that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean they're smarter. It doesn't mean they're going to be beautiful forever either. So for you, maybe L.A. is becoming a distraction. You know, there's just, and yeah. you're, you're going to be better off when you leave. The, the only, the only, uh, downside to that is that you didn't really get your shot the way you could have if you'd been here like say five years I don't know if that's necessary or not there may be some regrets down the road um but you know I mean anybody that lives a life is never going to find out you there's just you've got only one you only get to do one thing at a time so you can't yeah. like no there's not going to be a test Jeanette that you can look <laughs> at so yeah. does any of that make sense to you or what do you think yeah I mean that's um that's uh, I think that's a fair assessment uh it is it is nice to hear um that LA might be more of a distraction than a springboard for me uh because you know i'm always going to be uh looking for ways to be creative and create content and so i haven't needed la to do it thus far so i don't probably need it mhm mhm going forward mm-hmm. and i mean the career angle of it you know it feels like making it my livelihood is uh more possible in la like in an alternate universe but um I don't know that it is going to be something that I'm going mm-hmm. to need for my livelihood because I just can't not create. So, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Well, I often think, I mean, in in all the creative fields, a lot of times I think the people that make it are the people, some of the people that make it are the people that really are, you know, like living in are couch surfers sometimes and things like that because mm-hmm. uh, they, they're they not uncomfortable doing that. I, you know, like you, you want to like, you want to, you want to have more of a stable life, a yeah. reasonably, you want to have a reasonably stable life. A lot of times the people that really do make it are 
one step, you know, you hear these stories all the time, especially in comedy, these people who were, you know, like Wyatt Cenac. He was sleeping in his car before he got um, that, which TV, he had a TV show for a while, right? Something, I don't know. Yeah, it was on HBO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was sleeping in his car when he got that. And you hear these stories all the time. People with nothing left to lose. Mm -hmm. But you've got stuff to lose. <laughs> yeah. So I think that all I think that sounds I think that sounds really good. Um I think the only thing that really strikes me is the way you you know worry about what other people are thinking about you. That that's still that's still getting in your way, I think, right? I mean, I'm a I'm a performer, right? That's that's what drives me is what other people think of me, so. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, where where you, you know, where you, you know, where you have, um, you know, the right idea, good intentions, you, yeah, you know, like, you, you, you feel bad, or it's, I mean, who wouldn't really, but, I mean, it, it, it gets to you when people when you perceive that people aren't receptive, even though it's not personal. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. So so where where do you think that comes from? Girls mean to you in middle school or Um not no, I mean girls were never really mean to me. I was never the um like popular girl by any means um but I wasn't really picked on I just think it's um I'm the only one in my family who's like moved away and so I think there's that's part of it too is like I moved away to like do the things that I want to do that I couldn't do back mm -hmm. home um and I'm you know putting this expectation on me that other people are gonna want this like finished product of me you know what I mean like oh so you've you know lived in Denver and you've lived in Chicago and you moved to LA to perform so like what's the like was it worth it because do you have this thing to mm -hmm. show for it uh... and they don't ever have that thing to show for it and so um I don't yeah so I'm wondering if if those people, if it's your family that's like those, that is also, you know, if those people like that woman who like you're feeling, you're feeling judged by your family or you don't, you want them to see. Yeah, maybe you think like oh, yeah. maybe maybe that woman who like moved away from you when you left, maybe that's your mom or you know what I mean, representing. Yeah. Um you know, it's funny. One of the things that I I always note I've noted listening to pod other in, interviews is that cuz I don't have a lot of celeb, you know, major celebrities on. Major celebrities, people who and and accomplished people, writers, artists, all sorts of people never seem to get the satisfaction they want from their parents and it always bothers them. And I think that it sounds like you're from a family that 
I mean, are you the only creative pers person in your family? Somebody, the only person that? Um, in this medium, uh, almost everyone else, my brothers and both of my parents are um, good visual artists. Like my dad and brothers can draw really well. My mm. mom can paint. My dad can paint. And you can see that. You can see what they made and you right. can look There's at that and go like, yeah. oh, that's great. But likely, like, let's say, um, I don't know, let's say you you had your podcast and it was getting like 100,000 uh, listens a month, right? Mm -hmm. Which would be successful by any stretch, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Your family probably wouldn't think that was a big deal, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're so right. So unless you're going to be on TV in a regular mm -hmm. sitcom, you could be making a lot of money. You could be in the Hollywood Reporter. I mean, Mark Marin talks about this a lot. Like, you know, what his parents think. And, you know, he's considered, you know, in the in the world of very successful people, he's not. Yeah. He's sort of towards the bottom of very successful, but he's still <laughs> successful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you know, you could get to that level, and your family will never get it. Yeah, that's and a that's good point. that they that is never. How do they respond to you? Do they try to understand or? They're never going to understand. I don't think they have that background. They don't have the yeah. context, yeah. you know. Um, but do you think they appreciate what you do? Or do you think maybe they don't get it? Is it not satisfying? What's that like, your creative I mean, they, work with your family? Yeah, they're very supportive. Um, I did a solo show in Chicago, and my aunts came out and saw it. Um they are very supportive, but they also don't, I don't think, understand They don't it. understand it. Have they seen yeah. you perform, your parents, your sister, your brothers, your two brothers? Um, my brothers have seen me perform improv. Um, your parents haven't ever seen you perform? Well, I'm trying to think. Why? My mom came out for a sketch show in, when I lived in Denver, but like, most of my performing was in Chicago and they live in New Mexico and they like never came out to visit. to see uh, Huh. Yeah. But you're going to be moving back there. Yeah. So maybe they'll get to see you perform. Maybe that will be helpful. Yeah. Maybe that will be That's helpful. Have you thought about, you haven't thought about that? Maybe there's, even thought about that. maybe there's some deep seated, I'm going to sound like a shrink. Maybe there's some deep seated need. You want them to see you perform and that's part yeah. of it. But anyway, that's normal too. Okay. So we've only got two minutes left. Um, thanks so much, Jeanette. I feel like yeah, I've really gotten you. to know you and enjoy you. And, and, uh, I'm also so pleased with a great example of a creative person and somebody who really married like a healthy relationship that hardly ever happens on this show. Um, I want to remind everybody to go to Jeanette, uh, Sarami.com. I'm going to spell it J E A N E T T E C E R A M I.com. And also, uh, Go and visit Radio Free Brooklyn, get some merch, check out our lineup, stick around. We've got a great lineup this afternoon. Right after this is Lost and Rewound with my good friend Elon Danziger. He's the best. He's funny. He has great guests. He plays great music. And uh, I'm here 
uh, every Thursday, 2 to 3, but I also have extensive archives of uh, comedians and writers and uh, visual, lots of great visual artists. So if you go there, check it out.